What's going on, everybody? How's it hanging? How's it happening? You guys know what it is. This is Kevin from the Chord Progression Podcast. Brought to the NCCD Rocks, where rock and metal thrive. Happy Tuesday, everybody. It is February 2nd. It is Groundhog Day. And you're going to want to listen to this episode over and over and over again. Absolutely. Because when it comes to bands I've had on the podcast, this is the biggest band I've had on the podcast to date. And I am super excited for you guys to listen to this conversation that I had with Lance from the band From Ashes to New. Yes, we talk about From Ashes to New and their growth in 2020. We talk about the mindset of the band going forward. And we also just have a lot of fun at the same time as well. So I hope you guys enjoy this one as much as I did. And please, please, please listen to it all and then listen to it again. You're going to love it. Are you guys ready? Let's go. Yeah. Well, 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 ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, listeners of the Core Progression Podcast. This right now is by far probably the biggest podcast review I have had to date. When I saw the email come across my way that that I had a chance to potentially interview this band, I jumped on the opportunity because this band is the band that I thought took advantage of the whole entire 2020 situation the best and completely grew. So please welcome Lance from the band From Ashes to New. So Lance, welcome to the Core Progression Podcast. Thanks, man. How's it going? And yes, good. I know we talked about that blizzard earlier. My God, does that thing look good right now? I know. Oh, yeah. I like your shirt, by the way. I didn't get to say that earlier. Oh, thank you. I was had to figure out what shirt do I want to go with today exactly. So I went with my favorite shirt from my favorite band, and I just rolled with it. That That's an older shirt, right? Yeah, it was the shirt based off of their Suffer and the Witness album. That one came out in 2006. That's what I thought. Yeah, it's, I think that's probably my favorite album of all time, so... It's like, I'm just going to go with it. Usually brings me a good amount of luck on these kind of things. So, yeah. Well, and, when, uh, what a, very important. What flavor Gatorade is that? I see. That is, it's just grape Gatorade. Okay. You can't go wrong. It's 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 like the neutral kind of Gatorade. Where you're not going to go right. You're not going to go wrong. But it's like right in the middle where if someone's going to give you a grape Gatorade, no one's going to complain. You're definitely not going to get any haters like if it was yellow. <laughs> Oh god, yeah. It's like there's there should be. It's like it's all about yellow, or it's all about the blue Gatorade. You get yep. to the purple stuff. It's right in the middle where again, no one's going to complain about it. Yep. So Lance, before we get started, I always like to have everyone introduce themselves on this podcast by answering three questions. The first two are very easy, and the last one's always the most interesting one. So, want to have you introduce us? Uh, introduce yourself with your name, what you do in From Ashes to New, and then my favorite thing. It's going like all like, welcome to high school, welcome to college, like welcome week stuff, where we ask you a little fun fact about yourself, but I always like the wackiest stuff you can think of, like wacky facts, wacky stories, whatever you have. Always try and make me laugh because that's always the best kind. So I'm going to let you take it away. Gotcha. Okay. I'm Lance, aka The Lance Pants. If you follow me on, you know, wherever you can follow me, that's me. Um, I do guitar and from ashes to new. And typically I'm not like the guy that will tell you funny facts, but I am the guy that will tell you like the dumbest of smart facts that you never thought you needed to know. All right. I take this for example, like if you go North, you're eventually going to go South, but if you go East, you will never go West. Ooh. How does that make sense? It doesn't like, it doesn't sound like it should make sense, but when you go as far North as possible to the North pole, all of a sudden, no matter what way you go, you're going to end up going South because you're going to going down. But if you keep going East, I mean, there's no, there's no like center point. Yeah. So you're always going to keep going around East and East and East and East. And all of a sudden, or as Patrick Starr would say, East, I thought you said (laughs) West. 
Lily had to throw that in there. That's probably the first time in a, like three or four months I was able to throw a SpongeBob reference into a podcast. So <laughs> yes. Well, Lance, I, I got to say this about for Mashinu because at this point in time last year, I'm not going to lie. I had literally no idea about From Ashes to New at all. The first time I ever heard about you guys was there was a tour that was set for 2020 that you guys were going to be in support with Fire from the Gods with Bad Wolves and Hollywood Undead. Mm -hmm. And right now that ticket sub is currently the bookmark for a book that I'm reading. I hung on to that ticket sub because every ticket I had for 2020, I still have it. Even if the show got rescheduled or canceled, whatever it might be, Mm -hmm. still had it. But now all of a sudden, by the time this year and everything you guys did in 2020 with how big the band got and everything you guys did, it was like every move you made was just the right move at the right time. It was incredible to watch. I almost forgot about that tour. Did, very important. Did you get your money back? I did get my money back on that one. Yeah. Yes. Good. <laughs> <laughs> did you lose any money from any other shows? Um, ooh, that's a good question. I think the only one that I haven't gotten a refund from yet that was canceled was um shoot who was it it was as i lay dying they were supposed to play here in milwaukee on june 11th then it got rescheduled for march of 2021 and then with the current covid situation it got canceled i think in beginning or middle of december and i still haven't got my money back for that one yet i mean are you hopeful (laughs) um not not too hopeful at this point because it's been over a month however with the fact that the the venue that i was going to go see it it's my favorite venue to go to and anything i can do to help keep that venue going I'm going to do like they did a whole entire haunted house thing over uh, Halloween because the venue's haunted. And I got to oh, end sick. up going into the uh, the old pool area where all the bands signed the pool walls or the walls of the whole entire area. Mm-hmm. Got my picture next to the giant Ice Nine Kills signature. They're selling a bunch of different posters and whatnot that bands have signed. I end up uh, winning an auction. I'll show you. It's uh, this one right in the corner right here. Sign Rise Against poster right off of their Appeal to Reason tour. Sick. What What venue is that that you're talking about? The Rave. Right. We've played that, right? I'm trying. Like, I always like put names with food around it, like my favorite food. So I'm trying to think the rave. Is the rave the one that's like a, just a super nice, classy looking room? Um, Depends on what room you're in. Because if you're in the ballroom up top, then definitely. But if you're in the club stage, then it's kind of just... Okay. If you're in the club page or the basement stage, then it's not as nice as it is. If you're talking about like a super duper fancy looking room, you might be thinking of the Aragon Ballroom in Chicago. Also mm-hmm. one of my favorite venues because that thing is sick. Definitely haven't been there. That doesn't sound familiar. Okay. Eh, maybe, maybe, hopefully once tour touring uh, begins or resumes that you guys, well, especially with how you guys grew this in 2020, it's, it went from something where I looked at that tour with Hollywood and I'm like, if they were trying to redo this tour, there is no way that ho- that uh, For Mashes New would be like in support of this. They could easily go on their own run and really just bring the same amount of crowd and bring the same amount of energy to those shows. So, especially hey, after man. the fall, you think so? <laughs> oh, easily because again, taking a look at what happened from you guys right when the pandemic hit, all of a sudden you guys were starting to release all those different cover videos with uh, like Gravity by Papa Roach with Jen Ledger on vocals that was covering for Maria Brink. There was the one with, uh, what was it? Nightmare by Avenged Sevenfold. The Wake Me Up When 2020 Ends video. I still watch that one every now and again just to <laughs> see that because everything's ridiculous, especially Danny wearing the T-Rex suit. That is just the funniest thing in the whole entire video. You never know. We might have to do a part two, right? <laughs> I mean, the way things are going in 2021, well, you kind of set it up with the whole entire purge thing. So you mm-hmm. easily could make a whole nother one. <laughs> 
But I got to ask, what was the inspiration behind doing those right when the pandemic hit? Because, again, watching what had happened to the band, and this is right when the pandemic hit and before Panic came out as well. Just that's when I really started to find out about you guys. And really when I started seeing a lot more people start flooding to your socials as well. So what was the idea behind doing stuff like that? Um, we kind of felt like we had no other choice. Like we had this great record that we were sitting on that, you know, how it goes with labels. Like it just takes so much time to actually set it up properly that you can be done with a record, but it's not going to come out for another six to however many months. So then the pandemic happens, like, how do we fill this time? Like we, we felt like there was no other choice, but to kind of hop on covers before other bands started to do it, which we knew would happen just as long as we started doing it first to kind of get a little bit of traction. And then it just kind of almost became like a bi-weekly thing. Like, Hey, what do you guys want to hear? And then start putting them out and just killing time. And it really was like, you guys were one of the first ones or the first ones to really start doing those kind of covers. And afterwards everyone started flooding in and doing them. However, being the first mover on that was definitely a huge advantage for you guys, especially once the gravity one came out, because that was the one that I latched onto because I love that song from Papa Roach. And I'm a big Skillet fan as well. So once I saw Jen Leisure on the track, I thought, I got to check this out to see how everything works out in itself. And then once I saw the Wake Me Up in 2020's video, I mean, I was like, okay, I'm, I'm, I can't wait to hear what From Ashton Who comes out with next. And then all of a sudden, you guys drop Panic. And let, let's just say this. I you always do a song of the day choice every single day on my on our MSOCD Rocks page. And I had something planned from From Ashton Who for that day when uh, the single dropped for Panic. Mm-hmm. I I woke up, listened to the single, and I literally, I was late for work that day because I rushed my computer and reset everything so that Panic could be the song. Because I listened <laughs> to it once and I was like, okay, this needs to be it. This needs to be heard by as many people as possible because this is awesome. I'm right there with you. That's probably my favorite single that we've ever put out. It was absolutely incredible. And then taking a look at, the first thing I thought about it was, it, the the feeling that you got off it it hit you the exact same way not in it hit you like the, in the feels like the exact same way that like a Lincoln Park song would have done back from Hybrid Theory Media like the energy that it brought and just the way that it just impacted you in your heart and in your soul that's how it hit but you could clearly tell that it was also from Ashes to New at the exact same time so it really hit on that plus not only that but Danny's vocals like it was the first time ever since we we lost Chester that I heard something as close to Chester as that with the screams I'm just like. This is easily a song of the year candidate from the first time I listened to it. And then when I was running through my whole entire song of the year list, I think I ended up putting panic at number five. Awesome, man. I mean, everything that you just said is pretty much how we had our mindset going into making the whole record. Really? Yeah. We we knew we wanted it. We needed a record that would hit like the old Linkin Park stuff. It would kind of it just not what we get people on youtube like you're just copying off link apart that's not the point like the point is to like just take you back to that period in time we wanted this record to kind of sound a little bit more organic rather than like super over synthy which is that's kind of how we started and then we kind of see bands like bring me the horizon who are still doing it fantastically right now but we're like okay we could keep going that route but would rather take it back a step i think that uh I, don't know. I think that was the right move for us going a little bit nostalgic with the sound. I think it was too. And even when you brought up the bring of the horizon comparison with what they did on post human survival or by kind of bringing it back to some of the harder sounds that they had on mm-hmm. stuff like uh separate Eternal, And that's the spirit even on suicide seasons as well. And then bringing some more of that modern twist in there. Like it really worked out for them. Cause a lot of people like myself who like that harder sound 
really latched onto it. Where you guys are coming from with Panic, it made a lot of sense going through the rest of the songs as well on the album, especially for me in the second half of the album on songs like Nothing and, uh, shoot, what was the other one? Uh, I can't, I'm, I'm completely blanking on it right now and I feel horrible because even in the gym today, I was listening to the whole Panic record like in preparation for this. And I'm completely blanking on what song I was thinking of. So I'm going to quickly pull it up so I don't look too silly. Uh, change my past. That's it. Change my past. All right. No, I, I feel I'm the same way with my playlist. There's a lot of artists and songs that like I listen to. Well, actually, that my, my girlfriend listens to that I like. I'm like, okay, I need to know what that is. Like, I'll just listen to the song. I have no idea what the title is. I don't know who does it. It's just on the playlist. So I completely get you. Yeah, I was like, I just want to make sure I remember because I remember nothing because nothing was always the one that outside of panic was the one that stuck out to me the most just because the way it was kind of it was constructed. It felt like it was constructed very in a in a, like a inspirational kind of style to faint by Lincoln Park, especially when you get to the bridge with Danny screams on it. And again, like I'm not going to say that it's a carbon copy because it clearly isn't, but you can tell that there's some inspiration there and just the way that it hits you. It feels like you felt like when you listen to Lincoln Park for the first time as a kid or as, you know, as a team when you were growing up back in the early to mid-2000s. However, it's completely different at the same time as well. But it's just that reminiscent feeling that you're getting hit with. That's the key all That's the key that, all of it. That's exactly what we set out to do. Just give you that slight little taste of it on purpose to kind of just take you back to the good old days, you know, while also being original at the same time. That's exactly what we did. Same thing with um, the song Death of Me. Oh, yeah. I'm, I'm pretty sure you're familiar with that. So, like... Just the, the way the riff sits together, we're like, all right, we're going to, we'll give you another little, little tiny Lincoln Park feel, but it's going to be our own song. Oh yeah, you could definitely feel it on that one as well. And then like Change My Past, just the way the, especially Matt's raps, the way they were constructed, they reminded me very similarly to the feel that you got off of something like Somewhere I Belong with mm -hmm. the way Mike Schnoda rapped on that one. So again, it was something where you felt that inspiration but you didn't feel like it was uh, like a ripoff or anything. You felt like it was something completely original that just brought you back to that feeling. So especially on the second half of the album, that's where I really latched onto it. So that's what I listened to the most, like songs like Panic. I really like Wait For Me as well. And then Nothing, Death of Me, and Change My Past. Those are probably the ones I listened to. And then all of a sudden, I've started getting a lot more into, uh, side effects as well. So nice. I was like, alrighty. Especially listening today at the gym, I'm just like, Every time I'm coming through, I'm like, okay, I'm liking this one again, again. All righty. Ah! <laughs> well, um, I take it there's a couple songs that, not that you don't like, but they, they don't hit you in the same way. Because I, I heard a couple that you didn't mention, like Blind or uh, what else? Yeah, uh, the one, I mean, the reason I'm going to say this is just because I want to be as completely honest and transparent mm -hmm. as possible because. I'm not going to like everything every band does. I'm not going to dislike everything every band does. Of I'm going to have my own opinion. And I even did a whole review on the album. So I'm quickly pulling that up on the side as well, because I always write this stuff out in great detail. And the, some of the ones that didn't really stick out to me were uh brick blind and bulletproof bulletproof. It just, the way it was constructed, I got to take a look exactly how I wrote this. So I don't step on. I said it just like as a second single at, at first it made me nervous because it had that more melodic anthemic style and listening to what you guys had done the past, especially how panic hit, it just felt like it could have been something where it just, it just didn't really fit well for me with Danny's range on a slower pace. It felt like it was a little bit more limited. Right. So for me, it just really didn't hit as well where I kind of like more of something that's more dynamic, more upfront especially coming from a background of punk rock where everything right. is just like brazen in your face. I mean, I'm wearing the rise against shirt for a reason. 
and then stuff like brick and blind like if it felt like especially the beginning album for me like they kind of just ran together a little bit on the on the run through but i like that what you had what i get in there is kind of like the buffer in between them because i actually really like that song as well and then side effects that one took a little bit more for me to get into but now after about i mean the record's been out for almost half a year at this point that one i've started to latch on to even more but Still, nothing's going to let la- I'm not going to latch on to anything as much as I did to panic right in that first listen. And I yeah. think going with that as a lead single, oh, my God, was that the perfect move? It was an accident. <laughs> it really was. We weren't planning the whole thing out. You know, like we were done with that song December or late November of 2019 before, you know, Corona was even a thing. I think that happened, what, February, March, something like that. Yeah, everything started getting so- shut down in March. So the song was done. The lyrics are already done. It just happened to kind of coincide with, you know, what people were feeling at that time. Since everyone's like, oh, shit, what is happening? You know, yeah, it, it all just kind of aligned. Kind of, and the, It's kind of a bad way to say that, like, Corona helped it. But, like, you know what I mean? Like, it was just the right time for that song. I wouldn't necessarily say that Corona helped. I would say that you guys had a song that was very relatable to certain aspects in life. And when the coronavirus pandemic came in and happened, the song that you guys written for Panic was something that was very easily transferable to the feelings that people were having right at the beginning of all of it. So by taking that pivot into taking the song from being, what was it about? supposed to be about general anxiety? Because I think that's what the beginning of the music video has. Yeah. And then, I mean, it basically kind of dives right into the whole pandemic because everyone was anxious. Everyone was nervous. No one really knew what the hell was going on because we never experienced anything like this before. And then when you watch the music video with all the distortion that's going on in that video, you really bring a lot out of it as well to people just not knowing what's going on and freaking out over the fact that, you know, we might have that toilet paper was just flying off the shelves for apparently no reason and cleaning products were gone everywhere and people had to wait in line to get in the grocery store and people weren't going to work anymore. So that general panic and the general distortion of the video really helped it out as well. Plus just changing the whole theme of the song from one in from just general anxiety to having it more specific for the coronavirus pandemic. Is it a little advantageous? It could be. However, it does make sense. And that song definitely helped out a lot of people during that time. So it definitely was the right move. Now that you're like talking about um, the theme and lyrical composition you got me thinking i'm like do we have anything on the record that's like positive <laughs> i mean all, we took a turn for the dark side on this record i'm trying to think of uh all the songs on there if we got anything that's like happier i don't think there is like th- this one you're really entering the dark side of our minds but in all honesty that's that's not a bad thing to do actually it was a great move because i've always said this when a band is very honest with their lyrical content very honest with their sound you're going to end up really relating to a lot more as a fan because nothing is being forced on it. And you're going to be able to relate emotionally to the sounds and the emotions that the band is putting out within their music. Right. Like we'll always joke writing songs, you know, and just hanging with the guys, writing some songs. Well, we always lyrically joke with each other. Like, all right, what does the rock audience want to hear? What do we want to say? Like we've beaten this dead horse so many times of overcoming hardships and stuff. Like how many times can you do that? Um, what, what's the most generic thing we could put out on the radio today? Uh, you are the enemy, uh, become a monster. Uh, like we laugh about this shit every day, but then we, we that's when we kind of sit back on like, what haven't we said yet? What's something authentic that we can put in this song? So I think that this record is 
lyrically the most honest and it, it's it's dark but it's how we felt at the time and then of course going into 2020 with writing this before 2020 and the pandemic happened and then just all the feelings that people are having going into the year not only with the pandemic going on but also everything politically happening in america it just seemed to hit at the exact right time that it needed to hit well that's good for us because i mean we're here now chatting and for some reason, we're on your your uh, list of bands that can tour and hold our own with Hollywood Undead. So that's good. Oh, oh God, yeah. I mean, taking a look. <laughs> so taking a look at the Spotify numbers. Like I remember when I first started paying attention, to you guys. Right when Pan came out, like I knew you guys were in the hundreds of thousands of listeners, but I can't remember exactly where. And I should have had it pulled up right now. I looked at it earlier. I know it was at like one point one million, and it was something where well, I just got to make sure. Yeah, one point one three eight million, and it's something that has stuck above one million. <laughs> since the release of the record. So it's not only that you guys really rose, but you also rose and stayed at that prominence as well. That's a big thing. Isn't it crazy how fast stuff like that, it, like you're so grateful to hit these numbers, but then like the next year, like I got to double them somehow. We got to, we got to turn up the heat on the next one. Like that's all we're focused on is like, all right, the record's out. Let's make another one. Let's start writing. Like we're constantly trying to like outdo ourselves, not like out do ourselves but like i don't know kind of grow in the right direction like like i said we were sitting on that record for six to nine months like and now that it's been out we've been sitting on our ass for six to nine months not being able to tour on it so we're like we're just kind of sitting here going crazy all right we got to grow our numbers somehow let's just write a new record so that's kind of what we're doing right now and that's understandable because you don't want to end up getting to that point and just being satisfied with where you're at right now. You want to keep growing. You want to keep getting to a point where all of a sudden you're on the same, you're on that level of like where Hollywood and dead is right now, because I don't think you guys are necessarily at that level, just given their longevity. However, you guys are tr getting towards that. You're getting, and you want to end up getting towards something like, you know, plain arenas, like bring me the horizon is. And it's not that you guys aren't happy with where you're at, but you just kind of, you constantly want to challenge yourself and go to the next step. It's like, what can we do next? What can we do next? So that you keep that interest going within your own self. Yep. And then it's also always the challenge of, do we stick with a certain kind of sound or do we try something new? Do we abandon everything, which we're not going to do, but I mean, like that's just things that bands have to think about when sometimes they get a little too adventurous, put out a record that kind of flops. You're like, Oh shit, why'd I do that? I should have stuck with, stuff that the fans like but then at the same time you're like all right well the fans like this but we only have and i say only only have 1.3 million monthly listeners well we don't have 3 million so where are those other where are we going to get those other people what kind of songs do they want to hear so we're, we're trying to find a way to melt things together that all the old fans will like grab some new fans maybe maybe there's a lot of metal fans that don't like us yet because we haven't gone heavy enough so maybe that's a direction we're going to take you know we don't know yet I mean, and those are the types of conversations you want to have. One thing that I've always thought about with bands that have gone and done something like that, where all of a sudden like they change their sound real drastically or constantly trying to reinvent themselves, similar to like what Bring Me the Horizon has done mm -hmm. to where, I mean, they started out with like Count Your Blessings with it being just heavy deathcore and they kind of transferred form into more metalcore and a more heavy metal hard rock. And they went to Amo, which I honestly wasn't that big of a fan of than they did what they did on post-human survival horror, kind of went back to some of that harder bass, but then really experimented around that. That's always what I like from a band where it's like they know what their core sound is and they keep the core sound in their music, but then they're not afraid to branch off of that because people that that the fans that you already have are going to listen to it and know that's you and really understand it. But then when you experiment off of that core sound, 
they're going to still feel that connection to it and then also be willing to be more adventurous with you guys. If kind of like if you guys go way too adventurous, it could potentially work out. I'm not going to lie. That's something you guys got to think about as well. However, it is a much riskier option. Now that we're talking about that, do you think they did that on purpose? Do you you think they made that the previous record that people are kind of like, I don't know about this personally. I know you don't like it. I love it. I love everything that they do. It's fine. Um, But doing that to kind of like not abandon their fans, but in a sense, kind of, and then put out like a super heavy record. Like they just did to like, Oh shit, they're back. Trying to get like way more attention. And it worked out. It's fantastic. I love it. I said, to answer that question, I honestly think they did. And there's, I made a video about it from right after Alma came out. I'm like, why did Bring Me the Horizon go this route? And one thing that Ali actually said, and it was either Ali or Jordan Fish said in an interview was they wanted to kind of go on that lighter sound experiment with that so that a newer generation of people could get into that sound and then want to check out more of what Bring Me the Horizon has. And then it would slowly ease them into the harder stuff going into that spirit, then the Sepaternal, then the mm-hmm. Suicide Season, Country Blessings, all that kind of stuff. So it does make sense. And then you get to post-human survival horror. They end up bringing in a lot more different influences and different features as well to really uh, bring that up. Take a look at the feature they had with uh, Bait Metal with Kingslayer, which is one of my favorite tracks in the year as well. That's probably my favorite one. It was absolutely amazing with how they did it because it had that heaviness in there. But then you had the J-pop kind of like cyberpunk influence at the same time as well to bring in Bait Metal. And the mixture was perfect. What they did with uh, One by One with the Nova Twins. That worked out incredibly well as well. And then they kind of brought in some other stuff as well. They kind of, with teardrops, they kind of really forced, like focused in a little bit more on that Lincoln Park sound. As I mean, it, I, the favorite, my be- favorite video of that whole entire thing was someone took the uh, a video from Ratatouille where the, like the, I forgot who the guy is, but it's, uh, I think the restaurant reviewers like taking a bite of spaghetti and they're playing teardrops. And all of a sudden he has a flashback to back when he was a kid they're playing <laughs> somewhere I belong. I'm like, oh yeah, that does make sense. Then there's also Obey with Youngblood, which was also a fantastic move on their part because I didn't know who Youngblood was up until that point. Oh, really? I I, I didn't listen to anything. I didn't know who he was. I'm like, oh, I wonder how this is going to go. All of a sudden, I listened to it, and they kept the hardness there with the sound. However, on Youngblood's verse versus Ollie's verse, Youngblood's verse had more of an electronic feel to it to really focus in more on his sound, but they kept the heaviness that Bring Me the Horizon would always have on their sound. So the transition really worked out in that whole entire part. I was familiar enough with like some of the Spotify singles that Youngblood had. So I knew he was like kind of like indie alt punk ish, but like to hear him on that track, like hear what he sounds like with heavier music behind him. I wouldn't mind hearing a record like that from him. Oh, I wouldn't either. If, if you were to make something like that, I would definitely want to check it out. I even I have another video coming out about that whole entire thing with 2020 with artists kind of more of a pop and hip hop scene foraying more into rock and metal and how this could potentially be huge for rock and metal as a genre to bring younger people in like what Youngblood did with uh bring me the horizon with what mgk did with his pop punk album with the halsey feature on that one with on the song forget me too like there's a lot there that it's people are noticing it and the big key is the younger kids that are into this into some of their older stuff are going to start listening to mgk's pop punk or to listen to bring me the horizon and then could they expand some will, some won't, but some will yeah. try and listen to other different things. Who knows? A bunch of people might start listening to From Ashes to New just off of that and right. really latch on to it. And it could be just because a couple of pop and hip hop artists decided they want to try and go with their influences as kids and go in a more pop punk way or more in a metalcore way. It could happen. It could easily happen. Yeah. I mean, uh, do you know who Doja Cat is? Yes, I do. 
I, that was probably the most recent one where she did, I think it was the AMAs or some, some award show where she did like a complete metal performance of one of her songs. Like yeah, had a full, right. full on metalcore band going down. It was awesome. Yeah, it's just it brings more people into the genre. It brings more of these younger kids that are on that. I mean, my 14 year old cousin, I remember we were up north in 2020 and I was playing music and all of a sudden he's like, hey, man, can you play something I want to play? I'm just like, OK, kid, what do you want to listen to? Hey, man, put on a put on a day to remember. I will do that, sir. <laughs> I was also kind of laughing. I'm like, I have taught him well. What, what do you think of their uh, latest efforts? Ooh. I'm going to be completely honest. I am very nervous coming into your welcome. I'm I'm very nervous about it due to the fact that I've lis- listened to what they've done and it has more of this, like, it has more of a pop element to it, but it seems like for, like, a day to remember, they always had this certain kind of bite to them, especially on Homesick and What Separates Me From You and uh, Common Courtesy, even on their most recent record. I can't remember. I, I'm blanking on the name of it. The, the one that came out in 2016. But it seems like they've got more of this pop influence on there, a little bit more of a lighter sound. And I'm a little bit nervous about it because it just seems like they're taking a little bit more of that pop punk influence, mm. a little bit more of the pop side of that pop punk influence and putting it into their music. Could it work out, though? Could it be? Could it just be a whole mixture that Data Remember has really worked with? Of course it could, but we're not going to know that until the whole album comes out in March. Right. What was that last song they put out that was actually like... Uh, Brick Wall. Pretty heavy. Okay, the one before Brick Wall. Mind Reader? <sighs> Or was it? Uh, Maybe they put out more than I thought they have. It was. I got. I got it because. Yeah, I'm a, they had a pretty classic breakdown. Oh uh, man, what was it? I think it starts yeah. with an R. I don't know why that's coming. Oh, uh, resentment. That's it. Yeah, that one. Like if it, if it's stuff like that, that'll be sick. Like the bridge to that. That's pretty heavy. Yeah, the, I, the biggest the thing where I got disconnected with resentment on it was just because it came out right at the same time that my favorite song that ever came out in 2019 came out, which was Popular Monster by Falling in Reverse. Okay. And I'm like, I just sunk right into that one. I was like, mm-hmm. resentment, yeah, yeah, you go over there. I'm I'm stuck on this one for like the whole entire year at this point. Right. Um, yeah, I think that guy that produced that record also uh, produces uh, I Prevail. Um, he's probably one of my favorite guys right now. Really hoping to work with him on this next record. I was about to ask if you worked with him before, or if you haven't, are you hoping to work with him? But yeah, he he's a uh, he's definitely on our list to like call up and say, hey, come on over. I mean, I mean, especially after how well you guys did in 2020. And I think the only I think the only couple of bands that can be on the same level of how you grew in 2020 are bands like Trivium because of Matt Heafy on Twitch, bands like Falling in Reverse because of Ronnie Radke and what Bring Me the Horizon did. However, from what I saw from you guys was especially with those three bands, they already had a lot of prominence already in the scene where you guys really took just this whole new level of prominence that I've been. The reason I say is because from my standpoint, again, at the at this point last year, all I didn't know much about you until I got bought that ticket for the Hollywood Undead show that you guys were going to be one of the openers for, and all of a sudden come a year later, and Panic was one of my favorite songs from the whole entire year, and I was consistently keeping tabs on you guys like what are you doing next? What are you doing next? Because it was just interesting to see how you guys kept growing and kept making all the right moves in 2020. Well, let's hope that by the end of this year we actually get to see each other in person. Right. That's, that's what it's looking like. Hopefully. I really hope so. And if you guys end up anywhere around where I am, like Milwaukee, Chicago, Madison, Wisconsin, even if you guys are up in Minneapolis, because that, I went to school up there. So I've still got a bunch of friends that live up there. Hell, I'll make the drive up there. I don't mind. I mean, any anything to see a live show at this point, especially if it's to see you guys play live. Holy crap. Am I totally down for that? I mean, honestly, I just want some cheese curds. That's 
That's what I want. <laughs> well, then just, yeah, just come to Wisconsin. Just, you know, take like the, because uh, you're in Ohio right now, like the, you know, like the eight, nine hour drive. Just pick up some cheese curds, drive back. <laughs> I mean, we got them here at like our gas stations, but it's just, it's not the same. Or here's what we do. Because, right, because we can make an even trade on this. Could drive like to like somewhere in Indiana and I could buy a bunch of like Wisconsin cheese cards, but like put them in like this like weird warmer thing just to make sure they stay warm and, you know, nice and good. for. I don't guys. know what you could possibly want from me in Ohio unless you just want some corn or something. Honestly, honestly, the fact that we don't have Yinling sold here, but I know you guys have it sold. Okay. There. Yeah. yeah. Just bring me like two cases. Okay. That's weird. You guys don't have it. Not, uh, not yet. I know they, because they partnered with Miller Coors and they're doing, or Molson Coors, and they're planning to release it, I think, countrywide sometime at the end of 2021. I think that was announced sometime last year. So nice. I'm like, oh, I'm finally going to get it after like <laughs> only a couple times having it being down in Florida and just randomly finding it. I'm like, must have it. Yes. Nice. Well, as for me, I kind of, we, we all pretty much, gave up drinking a while ago except for matt madeira our drummer he likes to, he likes to drink every once in a while however i have been known to have a mimosa on occasion during this whole lockdown <laughs> something to keep me a little sane you know understandable i mean mostly the things that's kept me in like well i would say sane are your guys music and music from other rock hard rock hard rock heavy metal metalcore bands punk rock bands just because well I listen to it all the time, and even I'm driving down the street all of a sudden, like, especially in summer, windows were all rolled down, you know, stereos turned all the way up, and all of a sudden, people are looking at me, wondering what's going on, and you're just hearing Danny start screaming out of my car. Sierra's like, you know what? This is all right. All right, so what are you doing when you're not doing this? Ooh, good question. So... Because I'm not making nearly as much money off of this as I could, as I would like to, to have this be a full sustained thing, I do have a full time job that I still have to go with, and then I also will always go to the gym pretty much every single day because that's always my time just to get away from everything and just turn off my brain, only focus on the task at hand, which is always either running really fast in one direction or lifting a bunch of stuff. Outside that's of that, awesome though that you get to work. I mean there's still some people that don't get to, I mean, obviously musicians don't get to, but with everybody else, there's a long period where no one really got to work. So yeah. I was always, I was jealous of everybody. Like I need something to do with my life. Just sitting here. Under, I mean, understandable where it's just, because for me, it's just the full-time job I'm in. I basically help uh, maintain a database of a bunch of health insurance carriers and health insurance plans and rates so that brokers can sell them Travelocity style. Right. So I, can, I feel I, like I can do that at home. All right. I, I feel like it's just the way that human nature is like, I'm sitting here on my ass. Like, I wish I could be working, but then there's probably a lot of people that are working like, damn, I wish I could just sit at home. In my mindset, I'm like, damn, I wish I was making enough money off of all this stuff. So I could just spend like 12 hours a day, just focused on doing stuff like this. Yeah. Just doing what you love. Then isn't that the whole point of life to try and make yeah. sure you're doing what you, what you love and just really focusing in on that. Absolutely. I mean, that's that's what I set out to do. And it was definitely a struggle for a while. It didn't happen overnight. I've been trying to do this for like 15 years. It's finally just catching on. So, but yeah, it's, it's definitely, uh, I don't think I could do anything else with my life, honestly. But always remember this, Lance, when it comes down to it, the classic quote from Tom Hanks in the movie A League of Their Own, it was, if it was easy, then everyone would do it. Do right. what you do, what you're doing and doing what musicians do. 
to wait out that long in order for wait for something to really hit the especially the way that Panic did. That doesn't happen to everybody. That happens to very, very few musicians and very, very few groups. And the fact that you guys had hit that, yes, it did happen in a year where you couldn't tour. However, you guys made the absolute most of that moment. It's only going to help when touring comes back, though. You know, people are going to be hungry to come see us. Oh, absolutely. And I, I, I'm, I was thinking about it at the gym today. I'm like, I am not necessarily sure if, if it wasn't for the way 2020 happened, if you guys would have grown the way you did just because of what you guys did on social media in terms of the like the little bit of merch giveaways, the uh, the cover songs, the parody of Wake Me Up When 2020 Ends, and then releasing Panic right at that perfect time and releasing a new record because everyone was focused in on it and everyone was focused in on you guys, especially a month into the whole entire pandemic with what you guys had done. So the focus was there, and then when the album was released, a lot of people really latched onto it. And again, would you? Who knows if it did? If the pandemic didn't happen, could you guys potentially be going on a whole on like a whole U.S headlining tour i don't know but could you do it now in my opinion you guys easily could with the fans that you have and with the attention that you guys have garnered over the past year yeah i'm now you just got me thinking ahead like <laughs> i wonder what it's going to be like when we can actually finally hit the road like now we got to think are did we go back in time a little did we gain more fans but lose a little bit on the live part where we kind of got, got to like bring our budget down or maybe there's like like you said, we got more fans that want to come see us. Maybe we can take that next step for headlining, upping our budgets. Like, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know what to expect when touring comes back, honestly. Honestly, I don't either. All I all I know is that I hope that it cuts back to the point where bands can just go on stage, do what they do best. And for a person like myself, I can just be in that crowd and potentially getting beat up horribly in a mosh pit because apparently that's what I do best as I've gotten multiple cuts, almost broke my nose a couple of times, maybe a couple of concussions. Eh, what you going to do? Yeah, that's why you're going to the gym, right? Yeah, so I'm going to the gym just to make sure that I can't be pushed around too much where like the couple of guys in those pits are like 275, 300 pounds. Yeah, I'm definitely going to, if, so, if someone comes charging at me, I'm probably going to go flying. However, if someone that's my, like exactly my size comes after me, I'm going to be able to hold my own no problem or even bigger than me, but not those like 275, 300 pound guys. Those guys will just send me flying. I just like try to sneak up and like latch onto their back, hold them the whole time while they're fighting (laughs) off everybody else. (laughs) Well, I mean, after, I mean, after this whole entire pandemic really comes to a close and that the fact, and we can get back to live shows, I feel like there's gonna be a lot of people that are going to have that like pent up energy that you're going to go to, you're going to play a show all of a sudden, you're just going to see these pits form. Like instead of just one pit in the center, you're going to see like five or six pits form all over the place. People just going crazy, bouncing off each other. Even the people that don't want to be in them are just going to enjoy being in the crowd, being pushed around and having a great time with it. Or they're going to want to join in. Like, you know, fuck it. It's my time. (laughs) Like a bunch of like elderly ladies and children in the mosh pits. Well, I wouldn't don't think elderly ladies would really go there. I have seen kids in mosh pits before, and yeah. sometimes they are hysterical. I saw it for Guar, and there was about an eleven year old kid had the most epic mullet I've ever seen in my entire life. Was in the pit for Guar, and it just was having a blast. The kid was with his dad, and his dad was basically trying to protect him the whole entire mm-hmm. time. Everyone in the pit knew it's like, okay, this is a kid. We're yeah. not it, it's we're gonna have fun with him in the pit, but we're not gonna try and like destroy him. To all of a sudden, the point where the, the kids that put him on his shoulders, the kid took his shirt off, and all of a sudden, Gwar saw this like all kind of convened to the center of the stage, and whatever they had with like the red, the red blood colored water, the bile colored water, they just like pointed right at him, zeroed in on him, and just sprayed the hell out of him. <laughs> I feel like that's one of those heartfelt moments you'd read about in a Facebook article as you're scrolling down. <laughs> 
I'm definitely, I was like, I wanted to get a picture of that, just, but I was kind of a little bit further away at that point. Plus my phone was soaked in whatever the hell color it was. So I couldn't really operate it. Plus if you saw my face after that show, it literally looked like I went through like some sort of like horrible, like horror movie or something just with how red it was. How long did that take to get out? Uh, about two days. <laughs> when I had to go to work the day after the show, cause it was on a Tuesday night. <laughs> oh God. People are asking me, what the hell did you do last night? And I one I people are asking me, and I just said guar, and they're like, we don't know what that is, except for one person just started laughing. He just said, Yeah, that happens. <laughs> so have you ever been to uh ICP show? I have not. That that's a that's another moist show. <laughs> Ooh. That's the way to describe oh actually sticky. Sticky. <laughs> moist and sticky. Oh dear God. I mean that that could sound like many things. But yeah, apparently they just spray Fago everywhere. Ooh. Don't know if you're familiar with that, but... I am familiar with what that is. Okay. But yeah, they usually have an insane cleanup bill every show that they play. Oh, dear. I would assume so. I think Guar would have the same thing as well, but right. I, know with, I know with them, their stuff is more water-based, so it's a lot. It's a little bit easier to get out. Especially, but if you get on your skin, I mean, it's going to take a little bit of time just mm. to get that dye off. But just have like, like a mop to like a hardwood floor, it's not going to be the worst thing in the world. Yeah, not compared to uh, <laughs> sugary soda. <laughs> oh, God. But, I mean, if you're thirsty, I mean, get just kind of just sit there and, like, grab mm-hmm. some. Like, if, if they're going to start throwing two liters out there, just grab it and just, ah. Well, what time is it? It is about time for you to. It is jump. almost that time. <laughs> I, time. I have to do my nightly Twitch routine. Alrighty, Lance, but before we send you on your merry way to do your nightly Twitch routine, if there's anything you want to say is like the your final words for being on the podcast for this time at least, uh whatever you want to say, go for it. Hmm. It's that it's that time again to drop some not not even knowledge, but drop some knowledge, I mean, whatever you want to drop. I mean, you do realize that when you clean out a vacuum cleaner, you become a vacuum cleaner. Ooh. That's another good one. <laughs> That's all I got. <laughs> you have me pondering this stuff. And then, well, I will conclude with this as well. So when it comes to finding anything from Ashton New online, when it comes to finding anything from Lance Online or any of the other guys online as well with their socials, with their Twitch streams, with anything I can find on them, just take a look at the description of the podcast here on YouTube or on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Play, iHeartRadio. I'll have all the links there for you. So it's a one-stop shop. So if you are, for some reason, not in the From Ashes to New right now, you definitely can be. I'm making it as easy as possible for you guys. Just again, that one-stop shop. Hell, let me put the merch link in there as well. And shoot, I should go pick up myself some merch because I don't have any From Ashes to New stuff. That's a problem. Dude, you're missing out on like the most comfy joggers of all time. I don't even know if you can see them. But yes, I wear my own band merch. I don't care. It's comfy. Oh, God, that is awesome. Yeah. I might have to pick up a pair. So Lance... I don't like to end these podcasts with goodbyes at all due to the fact that I would love to have you on again. I'd love to talk to you again in this kind of format. And I'd also love to see you guys live, which I do have plans. So, I mean, I was going to do it in 2020, but in 2021, 2022, whenever I can get a chance to see you guys, I'm going to make it happen. Love to talk to you in person as well. And hell, just hang out, whatever it might be. All right, man. Thanks for having me, Kevin. All right. Thanks for being on. And so I will not end this podcast with a goodbye. Yeah. I will always end it with my favorite thing. See you later. See ya. Whoa, 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 folks, that was my interview with Lance 
of From Ashes to New, and I know you guys know who From Ashes to New are, and when it comes to finding them online, all their socials, all their streaming stuff, all their merch, whatever it might be, I'm going to have it in the link in the description of the podcast for you guys, and yes, I'm going to get a pair of those joggers if I can, because From Ashes to New joggers, I mean, how awesome would that be? And when it comes from Ashes to to New, could I easily see them being on that headlining run once Twitter returns? Absolutely. Will I be there at that show when it comes around my area, whether it's Milwaukee, Chicago, Madison, even Minneapolis? Uh, Hell yeah, I'm going to do it. That'd be freaking awesome. So we'll see how that goes. And I really hope you guys enjoy this episode. If this is your first time listening to the podcast, you can subscribe to the Corporate Russian Podcast on Spotify, Podcast, Google Play, iHeartRadio, or at the MSOTD Rocks YouTube page. Again, links for all those are going to be in the description of this podcast as well. And we are always interviewing the bands that are becoming the biggest bands are going to be the biggest bands by the end of the decade. And we're just going to keep that up. And heck, with From Ashes to New, we're going to try and get even some more of those bigger bands on as well to get you some more that's in the now. But we're always going to be constantly talking to the bands that are really going to be those bands that are going to be headlining those major festivals like Louder Than Life, like all the Danny Danny Weber Presents ones, like Rockfest, all those. So on that note, that's going to be for me today, guys. Thank you for watching and listening to the Code Progression Podcast brought to you by MSOTD Rocks, where rock and metal thrive. My name is Kevin, and you guys know how I end every single one of these episodes of the big, healthy, and hearty. See ya!